Wow, that is really hard. You really think you can go all day long? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling. Ugh. That's what she said. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael, Welcome back. Let's get on into it. Hey, hey. I'm going to start by stating the obvious, which is that 2020 was one hell of a year. I got engaged in June of 2020, and as I plan this next chapter of my life, I have also begun to think about not only marriage, but, you know, my family and kids too. I've asked myself several times the question of how will 2020 be written about in the textbooks that my future children studies. I think about my future generation of my families asking me what the coronavirus pandemic was like. And, you know, sometimes when we're knee deep in the present, it's hard to think about what may be said about that moment in the past tense. We all dealt with the unpredictable in 2020, but today I really want to focus on the role of teachers during the time of the pandemic. If you don't know already, I am an educator myself. For this episode, I will be joined by other teachers within my network as we link up for a morning coffee chat and discuss teaching during a pandemic. Okay, so we're going to start with introductions today, who we're going to have joining us for this episode. Um, they're <laughs> Cassandra's like, bye. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're going, they're going, we're going to start just by introducing ourselves. Give us a little bit of background as to uh, where we've been teaching this year, um, what subject we're at. And then the final question that I want us to all think about and to respond to is if you were to give this specific school year a letter grade, what would it be and why? So I'm going to go ahead and throw it on over to Alana and let Alana start us off. Hi. <laughs> in my mouth. I was like, I hope you don't go in alphabetical order. Okay. Sorry. Hi, I'm Alana. <laughs> I <laughs> give me like ten seconds. Alana, I'll go to Emily and then come back to you. Perfect. Go ahead, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hi, I'm Emily. I am a PE teacher at a high school and I would give this year, I would say like a B minus because I'm lucky though. I am PE and to where I don't have to teach as like different kind of standards, you know, and to where I've been able to focus a lot on mental health this year. So I've been teaching the students like how, mental health can impact our day-to-day and where I've gone over a lot of how physical activity can benefit your mental health and meditation and doing things that you love for just setting aside five minutes and stuff. So it's been a little bit different and where I'm doing the stretches with them and the exercises with them. Um, The only thing is they don't share their screen, so I don't know if they're really doing it with me, but I let them know, hey, I'm benefiting from my class. So I'm leading by example. Nice job. (laughs) All right, Alana, we're going to go on back to you now. Okay, Okay, I'm Alana. Um, I teach sixth and seventh grade history in a school in San Diego, Southern California. Um, If I was to give this year a letter grade, I would probably go with 
a C, a solid C. There has been, it, but it hasn't been an average year by any means. It's been one of the most interesting years, I think, ever. Um, there's been a lot of positives and negatives that have come out of it, so that's why I'm giving it a C. The, the education uh, has been obviously impacted a lot, but as well as their social learning and development. Um, so that's why I'm giving it a C. The positives, I think, are the kids that come on campus and that are excited to be there. You can just see how they act, that they're just really happy to just be on campus interacting with kids their age. Um, so that has been one positive that I've seen this year. So, awesome. yeah. All right, Cassandra, we're going to throw it on over to you. So my name is Cassandra. I teach um, eighth grade language arts at a school in Escondido Middle School. Um, I have to give it, I want to break it apart into two different grades. So as far as academics, I would say C minus. Um, and that's just been a struggle this year of trying to get the kids to complete any kind of work, a majority of the students. But then we do have the students that are completing everything. Um, I would say in terms of um, like our students, uh, uh, I can't think of a category specifically to grade this, but I feel like, okay, a relationship grade with my students. Um, I feel like an A. I feel like there's a whole group of students that I, that in a, a normal school setting, a normal school year, I wouldn't get to know. And now that we're back on campus, I've really gotten to know those kids Okay. on a more personal level and that's been really awesome and I'm talking about kind of the shy students that will kind of get the work done but they sort of hide in the back of the classroom I really feel like I've gotten to know them much better this year oh that's awesome all right and Kate so uh, my name's Kate and I'm teaching right now in the East Bay at this school called Dublin High School um, I'm teaching freshmen, juniors, and seniors right now. Um, I teach mostly English, but my juniors are avid, um, avid students on their way to their senior year. It's been kind of wild. Um, I'd have to go with Emily and say like a B, B minus. I think one of the main assumptions this year that I've heard like a lot from social media and different people outside of the teaching field, it's like, oh, well, kids aren't learning. Like this year's a throwaway, you know, like, you know, it doesn't even count or I can't even imagine what next year is going to look like. And I actually feel like a lot of people have made more progress than expected, mm -hmm. teachers and students alike. Um, and if it's not content area knowledge, like they're growing like with some emotional maturity and, um, you know, obviously not all, but I, it's better than I expected. Awesome. And Brandy. Hello, hello. Um, I'm Brandy. I teach math at a middle school in San Diego and I'm going to be the negative one and I'm going to give this a solid D minus. I'm not going to lie. And here's why. Um, I'm the kind of teacher that has a huge rapport with my kids. I've <laughs> never had a parent get mad at me. I've never had issues with students really. I mean, well, except for last year, we all know how that went, but um, I'm not able to, because I zoom live with my kids. It was a choice that I made because I teach math. I'm not able to one-on-one -on -one work with kids anymore. And that to me has been devastating. Um, I'm also really a huge advocate for teachers and kids alike. And the general perception of teachers this year has been absolutely horrid on social media. Mm -hmm. And I think for the mental stuff that's going on for teachers, middle school teachers, elementary teachers, high school teachers, 
they're at the bottom of the barrel right now in terms of their mental health. And I think we've been glazed over. I think kids are really struggling. And for me, yeah, there's some learning going on. There's no doubt about it. But I think, I feel like, I feel like we were like minor league ball players that were thrown into a professional game and expected to hit a no hitter or pitch a no hitter. Right. So we were expected to be perfect coming out the gate and we're not perfect. And we couldn't be perfect because this is unprecedented. I know that's a lame overused word, but the problem is, is that no one's really checking in on the teachers. It's just, it's just, we're constantly being beat up and we're trying really hard to be that emotional crutch for those kids. And when we're in the dumps, it's really difficult. So I'm going to give it a solid D minus. The only positive is I see my coworkers every day because I am an in-person teacher. I've been hybrid since October and my coworkers saved me. So we are a family. Teachers are a family. And for that is why it came up from an F because if you average the grades, like a math teacher does, <laughs> you'll end up with a solid A minus, but I would give my coworkers with their strength and their ability to teach. I'd give them an A plus. Awesome. And I'll end it with myself. Um, I am your host, Shelby Swanson. I am teaching in San Diego County as well. This year, I have been teaching sixth grade English language arts. And looking at this school year, the letter grade that I think I would give it <clears throat> would probably be a B minus, B, B minus. Um, I think really when we look at giving this year a letter grade, we all have, you know, we're coming from different schools. We all have had a different experience. We've all had a different approach about how we're going to go about distance learning. I know <clears throat> my campus in particular, um, we were pretty strategic with how we set up our distance learning schedule to where um, I did feel like I had the opportunity to still connect with some of my students, to still work in some of that one-on-one -on -one support. Um this year has had challenges that is definitely um, that is definitely there that is present. We still see this happening every day. However, I look at how this school year is going to end and I look at my students with a sense of pride and I remind them every day how proud I am of them because these kids have been so strong during this time and they have proven their ability to persevere. And not only that, but I feel like I've proven that to myself too. You know, I like, I have definitely had some of my lowest of lows this year and I've had some just amazing moments too, where I've been like, what? I, I did that. I was able to do this. So, um, I feel like, you know, it's been a good mix of ups and downs, but if I really look back on this school year, I am very proud of my students and I'm proud of myself as well. So that's where I'm at with how this school year is going. And what I want to do next, you guys, before we really get into like those super detailed questions, I want us to explain for our listeners, people who are going to be tuning in and listening to the content on this episode. I think something that's really important to preface this whole episode with is explaining the difference between distance learning and hybrid learning and traditional learning. So we have those three different, uh, you know, modes of teaching that have been happening 
And I want us to just kind of give a little bit of a background on what those three different models are. So we have the traditional classroom, which I think is what we all think of when we think of going to school. You show up to school five days a week, Monday through Friday, you're there, you check in with your teachers. Um, so that we can kind of check off the checklist. Then I want us to talk about distance learning. So we probably all had our own model of distance learning and what that looked like, especially since we're scattered grades as well. So I'll kind of start by sharing what distance learning looked like at my campus, and then you guys can share what the approach was that your site took as well. <clears throat> so I know for my distance learning, um, we did a one three five two four six schedule. So I met with my one three five students on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and my two four six students on Wednesdays and Fridays. I had them for a hundred minutes each class period, and then I had them for thirty minutes of asynchronous time where I could pull my students um, and meet with them one on one. And this this distance learning schedule was all done through video. So the students would be responsible for logging into their classes. We would have lessons we would teach and then work that needed to be completed. So really to just kind of summarize the distance learning model we had, it was what you think of as the traditional school setting, but taken onto an online platform. So what other models did you guys adapt for the distance learning schedule at your sites? Um, I can um, okay, so I can talk about our distance learning. So we had a morning session. So all of the students had a rotating schedule um, every day. Monday was like a check-in and intervention time. And then Tuesday through Friday, we rotated periods and saw them in the morning. So Monday, no, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would see periods one through four. And then Wednesdays and Fridays, I would see five, six, seven. And then in the afternoon, that was also intervention time, office hours, extra support. And um, that was our distance learning model before we went back to in-person hybrid. Awesome. And then, Kate, what was your site's distance learning setup? Um, mine was actually really fairly similar to yours in the sense of like the odd and even structure. Mm -hmm. We just have a seventh period. So one day was a little, had an extra period than you did. Um, and then, like Alana had said, we had like directed intervention times between like lunch or passing period or those kind of things. Um, they had shortened our passing periods for the distance learning schedule. Um, and then every day we had like teacher open support office hours. And so we didn't necessarily have asynchronous time where we could require kids to come in. Mm -hmm. Like their asynchronous time was just for them to complete work. Cool. But if we needed to pull them, we would assign them directed intervention. Okay. Um, and then they would be required to come. And they tried to like split it up because math teachers like want to see kids every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, language teachers want to be able to see teachers or students every single day. And so like they had some like specific slots for those classes. So for the rest of us, we just kind of fended for ourselves and hoped that they came. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't, there really wasn't a consequence. Right. Um, and so it was just kind of hit and miss on, on how you could encourage that student to show up. Um, so there's still kind of some room for there. And then the other difference was that instead of Monday, so we had like a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday block schedule like that. But Wednesdays was just an advisory day where I think it must have been just to meet the requirements of the state. We had a 30 minute class period with a class of students that we didn't have in any of our other courses. It was usually like grade specific. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where we would do like social emotional check ins oh, and cool. uh, like school announcements. It does sound really cool. 
Um, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of teachers did not enjoy it and either did the students because they didn't have oh. like an anchored connection with that teacher. Oh. And that was their asynchronous day. So afterwards they had like all this work to be completing like 30 minutes a day. Okay. And so a lot of times it was like, what, what do you want? And there's no grade attached to it. Yeah. And so unless you were really able to make those connections with the students, then mm -hmm. it was, it's kind of a miserable space for a lot of people. I love my advisory period. Like we have a blast, we joke around um, and, you know, a couple of them check in, but there's probably 30 of them. And I have a connection with 15 and the other 15 are maybe not there or just behind the camera. They logged in, they walked away, you know? I see. Um, mm -hmm. So without the accountability, it can be tough. I get that. And Emily, what about your hybrid schedule? What was that looking like? Or I'm sorry, your Seems, distance, your distance learning. It's a lot similar to Kate's. So we had the block scheduling. I'd only see my class twice a week. It was Monday, Tuesday, odd and even. Thursday, Friday, odd and even. So Wednesdays were more tutorials and nothing was mandatory. And um, a lot of... Uh, we all love our staff meetings <laughs> and professional developments mm. and IEPs mm. and stuff. So it was, um, you know, originally it's like, okay, this is a great time for me to get my grading done and planning done. And then it was just like a bunch of meetings would be thrown at us sometimes. So yeah. that was kind of overwhelming more than the actual days you know, where we would actually see the kids. Mm -hmm. um, but then it, after you get into the routine, it's setting the expectations, mm -hmm. you know, and you become more familiar with it. And it's like, okay, I'm expecting to do this and you can put yourself into a routine. Right. But yeah, pretty similar to Kate's. Cool. Same experience on Wednesdays. It became like the meeting day where everything mm -hmm. was scheduled for every students, teachers, everyone. It, it was awful. There was no grading to be had on Wednesdays. Yeah. No, it, it, at first it was like, when do you expect us to get familiar with everything and what we want to <laughs> do and plan everything? And but this is also so different for me because I really, the lesson planning was kind of new to me because PE is so different where we're in the same unit for six weeks at my school. So each day it's just, okay, this is the skills we're going to work on, or this is the endurance day and all that, you know? So actually it's such, such a different kind of planning and you're all probably like, Oh, poor you, Emily. <laughs> but, but it's just so, it was, it was so different this year. And then it's like, wow, I have a newfound appreciation for those classroom teachers. Like it's, I respect you guys. I mean, not that I didn't before, but it was just like, wow. This is what yeah. planning is? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait till you get to grading. Oh, I, um, and I love grading so much. <laughs> well, and this is why you actually need to have a really good relationship with your district and your union, because our district was a lot different. We actually were given a lot of planning time, and mm. it was because our teachers union met with our district prior to summer and began planning to go back immediately as soon as we could and we've been very successful in one of the first districts to go back and stay open mm -hmm. um, we get a lot of planning time and the meetings are very limited for us uh, a lot of times we get unassigned planning time because schedules just didn't work out at the district level so for us I think and I think um, the other two teachers that I work with can agree that we have had substantial planning time and it's it's been 
so much better. And that's why those relationships between your employer and the employees is so important. Yeah. So then let's move into, I think this is probably where we'll see the most um, variety here is talking about our um, hybrid schedules. So I like, I think back to when we were first talking about going to hybrid at my district and that was, you know, back in October, November. And I remember all the different models for hybrid learning that were being thrown out there. So I think probably across the nation, there are so many different hybrid learning models out there. And um, I'm curious to know what you guys have adopted at your sites. And um, if you could also tell me if you're, I mean, it sounds like most of us are back to high, are at hybrid right now, right? Emily, are you at hybrid? No, uh, we're doing like offering a tutorial now on the Wednesdays. Okay. Or what, what, what day, because we all have tutorials. It's like Monday through Friday, basically. So we were able to pick after school or Wednesdays. Okay. And so it's if the student signed up for it, if they show up. Okay, and then Kate, are you at hybrid? Are you doing hybrid or are you still distance? Yeah, we are doing optional hybrid. So students got to choose. (laughs) And uh, I think the outcome of that was the opposite of what the district was expecting. They were expecting like a ton of kids to come, um, but it's only about 28% that said they would. And then even less have actually attended. So teachers are doing distance learning and hybrid at the same time, like simultaneously. And... um, it fluctuates whether kids are there or not. That's interesting. So there's, so at your site, there is a possibility that the teacher is teaching a kid is te- teaching a group in their class and online at the same time. It's not a possibility. It's a guarantee. So every <laughs> class that I teach, I have students on my zoom and then I have anywhere from one to seven in front of me. Some wow. teachers have 30 in front of them because they're covering for teachers that aren't able to be on campus. Okay. Um, and you are, required to teach both of them at the same time Wow! with modifications that I'm not sure I have any guidelines. So at your site, you, I'm assuming your teachers had the option to be all virtual or to No, go. They, it was mandatory return to campus. Wow. So unless you have some kind of health waiver, which was really hard to get at first, um, mm-hmm. you're, you're mandatory on campus. Wow. Crazy. That was the same with ours for our tutorial. We had to get, if we didn't want to go or couldn't, we had to get exempt through HR. Mm-hmm. So it was mandatory that we had to pick one. But it's, who knows? I mean, I have one student out of 200 that committed but didn't show up. So it's kind of, it was kind of like, oh, I wish I would see more. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But it's just a tutorial. I'm not. I'm not mandatory to teach what I'm teaching. We can do whatever we want. We can help them study. We can help them catch up on anything, uh, whatever we wanted to do. It's not like a mandatory, you have to teach this class like that. So it's a way to support our our students extra. Okay. Cassandra, can you tell me about your site's um, distance or hybrid model? Yeah, so, you know, at first, we started the school year, um, we were all doing distance learning. And then um, in October, like Brandy said, we all came back to campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically Monday is still the asynchronous day. And then um, our classes were split in half. 
so that we would only have 12 kids in a classroom at a time. Okay. Um, we either see one group of kids Tuesday, Thursday, and then the second group Wednesday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I noticed, our numbers got really high in, in the city that we live in, um, in December, especially November, December. Your COVID so, cases? Yes, our COVID mm-hmm. cases. And so what happened was, and a lot of our students were getting it and their families were getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we had to postpone our um, hybrid model for about a month. And so we went back to distance learning. And then um, when we came back the second time, um, there were way fewer students that came back and their parents then decided and said, no, we would like our kids to do the full distance learning model. There weren't enough teachers to cover that. So I have Mm -hmm. been, and our district doesn't require us to do this, which is awesome, but I have been doing the Zooming with students that want to Zoom at the same time while teaching mm-hmm. the class. That varies between classes. Mm-hmm. I have some classes where I have three or four kids Zooming, one student, and then zero students Zooming in a different block. So you're saying like with your return back to campus, you had students whose family decided, hey, even though we signed up for hybrid, we don't want to be sending our student to school. So they're going to be staying at home. So you just have them logging in every day instead of uh, those days they're going to be on campus. That just has been really challenging, especially (laughs) in language arts. And you're doing these units that are very thematic Mm -hmm. to have kids um, very disjointed coming back and forth has been really a challenge this year. And like our asynchronous work that we assign on Monday, what's been a huge challenge for me is that if they don't do that work, I figured this out, I mean, a week or two in, that if they didn't do the work, well, the lessons can't be, um, well, you can't have, um, uh, I'm so sorry, I just like lost my train of thought, but the, the Monday lessons can't really connect with the the lessons for the rest of the week because if the students don't do it on Monday, which quite a few of them are not, mm-hmm. um, and then you try to make a connection in class, they're not going to understand the connection. Right. So that's a, a huge challenge, I guess, for us. But mm-hmm. um, And just the back and forth, and I do feel like um, more students than ever, I'm getting messages on Google Classroom where they're just send me messages and say, oh, my parents decided I'm not going to come today because um, I've got this going on. I got to run things like that. So there's, mm-hmm. it seems that this year, especially there's also in the families, not a priority mm-hmm. for the two that they are on campus to make sure that they're there. Yeah. That's the challenge. Yeah. I know that <clears throat> that's been my challenge as well. I mean, we have, <laughs> we have these really fun attendance reports we have to fill in. And I know attendance has been a nightmare for that reason um, because it's like, well, I have to mark this student absent because they were not in the classroom, but they logged in online. And now I have their parents emailing me, asking me why I marked them. You know, it's like this big thing. And I know it's definitely been tricky in that regard. And Cassandra, you're totally right. It sounds like my school has pretty much the same hybrid model that your school has. And it's definitely been tricky with those kids who we had the same issue. We only have one uh, virtual teacher within my department for all of our students who are, you know, staying virtual. And that class is at capacity. So if we have any students who are like, hey, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be showing up to campus, um, 
we are still responsible for making sure they're getting all the material, the curriculum is being taught. It's not just like, oh, hop into the virtual section. So I know it's been really tricky in that regard. And, you know, for me, it's like my lesson planning that I do, I also have to think about how I'm going to work in my lessons for those students. Like I need to be very explicit with my lessons and make sure my students are understanding everything that they need to do at home as if they were in the classroom. So one thing that's challenging for me is I'll make the slide deck for the whole week and mm -hmm. try to be very specific how to go step by step yes. through everything. And you know now we're at the end of April. I seriously no lie yesterday had a student say to me, how how is it that I figure out what we're supposed to do today? Because they were doing distance learning. I'm like, where have you been? Doing the same thing the entire year. I put it in the same spot every time. Um, so that's. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've had a few of those situations too. And I, I make a slide deck for the whole week as well. And I always title it the, the yeah. week. Like we're in week 31 right now. So I'm like, yeah. how have we gone 31 weeks? And, you're, and you don't know where the lessons are. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's definitely, it's definitely tricky. So, My favorite is when we're in the work time and I'm there for support and then someone comes on, wait, what are we doing? Oh, or did and I miss like, anything? And it's on Google Classroom too, even if they weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. and yeah. When's it due? It's right here. So um, I would say that like, that's the one benefit of like, even though it's really hard to teach both at the same time, the class is just a consistent progression you know so we're not having the kids yeah. jump in and out yeah. and our t our campus actually I don't know how large your schools are but our school's so large that um once they started seeing the kids make the choice like I'm going to come today or I'm not going to come today they shut it down real quick and now mm -hmm. if you miss two of your synchronous days where you're supposed to be on campus they just move you to full distance and you're oh. not allowed to return to campus anymore oh. and wow. we've only been in hybrid since March like the end of March because of um, our numbers here in the area. Mm -hmm. And so we haven't even been doing hybrid that long. And within two weeks, they're like, we're done doing this. I think the attendance ladies must have rioted. They're like, we can't, we can't do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, they get two shots and then they're out. Wow, that's really nice. So do you have enough teachers on your campus to be able to absorb those virtual students? Like, how does that work? Well, because we teach the virtual students and the in-person okay, students right. at the same time, there's no absorption, yeah. Yeah, I see. Interesting. So I, I want to wish our district did that because we've got kids coming back and forth from hybrid to FDL and it's been a nightmare. Yeah. And then we have like, currently I have 18 stay at home plans for my students. Oh, that, gosh. And since I do the live zooming in my classroom while I have a group of kids sitting there, I've offered every hour that I teach has been given links to all the students and they still don't come in. And to me, there's no accountability at all. This is all yeah. being laid on teachers and there's no accountability to the kids at all. Like I have kids that have never shown up for school Yeah, and they're going to move on to the next grade level. And I'm going to be like, you didn't even do the first grade level. Right. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's something that I definitely want us to touch on later on as we get a little bit more into this, because I think there's a lot to be said behind that concept and that part of what this school year has had to offer. Um, what I want us to do is I want us to think back now to last school year. Um, I know for me, the day was March 13th. I think, <laughs> yep, I think probably a lot of us can remember that day. Um, and I want us to really think about like when everything was going on, <clears throat> I mean, 
I think this will be a day if we look back and we think about our teaching career, this will be one that we like file away into like our teaching career history book. Um, I want us to think back to that day and think about like everything that was going on in the world at that time, everything with COVID, um, starting to learn more about what our school's plans were to finish the school year going into this school year. And I want you guys to share with me what your initial thoughts and feelings were as an educator at the beginning of this process, um, while going through the process, and then now as we're getting closer to the end. So I want you guys to kind of reflect back on those feelings and tell me what was it that you were feeling at the beginning, the middle, and the end of you know, this past year that we've been going through teaching. Does anyone want to start? I'll let Brandy start. <laughs> um, I feel like you've been quiet over there for a little too long. No, I'm, I'm actually letting people speak because, you know, I have this tendency to interrupt everybody because I have a thought and my ADD is so bad, I have to say it right away. Um, I have a different perspective on it. I, I'm a, I have OCD, so I'm a highly planned person. So when we went from um, in the classroom to hybrid, or into virtual for the end of the year, March 13th. I had already had everything set up in my room and or in my Google Classroom just by default. Mm -hmm. So it was a really easy transition for me, but the uncertainty of what was gonna happen was something I just couldn't bring myself to think about because I had no idea that everything I'd ever known about teaching was gonna change. And I really thought the virus would have been gone. I was like, oh, we'll be back in August and everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And that's not what happened. And when my students, parents and family members were dying, that was something I had a really hard time dealing with. And I never thought back in March that that would ever happen. And I didn't realize how bad things were going to get. And so I kind of walked into the summer pretty naive, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I also worked with the district in trying to get us back in August. So there, I spent my summer really planning with the district and with the rest of the union members to try to get us back. So I, I really couldn't, we were so busy with stuff that we didn't even think about what was going to happen. And we had to make plans about things that we didn't know. And you know, we made mistakes and we did good things, but it, it I never thought it would be like that. And then, Brand and then Brandy, do you feel like there has been a shift in your feelings as this, this new school year, now that we got, you know, the 1920 school year out of the way, do you feel like there's been a shift now in how you've approached the 2021 school year and your feelings about it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've really really tried to adjust to having to get my, to know my kids over a screen. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize how bad screen time really was. And I'm not the kind of technology teacher. I love to be in the book and writing and one-on-one -on -one with my kids. And so my perspective had to change. And I tried so hard to stay as myself mm -hmm. as much as I could, mm -hmm. but I really did lose myself this year. And I don't know how I'm going to recover when we go back because I still don't know what next year is going to look like. So I've lost myself and I really need to find myself again. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what to think. I think I'm just trying to survive day by day at this point. Yeah, understandable. I think, yeah, I think probably a lot of us can share that feeling of just trying to stay afloat, 
just trying to well, make it through. We had a lot of teachers that after we had to finish last year in the distance learning model that ended up retiring early. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel really bad for the teachers that are not very technologically savvy yeah. trying to figure all this out. And I don't even think of myself as being a very technological person, but um, I, I'm able to get it. I, you know, but uh, I really feel for those teachers and it has been hard. Uh, Brandy has such a dynamic personality. Um, I can, I can appreciate like it's hard to get to know um, the students and, and share that energy, that passion all, all through zoom and having a bunch of uh, looking at a bunch of black screens. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. And um, I, I'm fortunate enough to have four kids at home. My kids are actually three of them are in middle school and being able to watch, you know, how they're responding in their Zooms. Um, it's helped me as a teacher because I, my kids don't want to turn on their screens either, mm-hmm. but I hear them engaging with the teacher, but the teacher has no idea that they're engaging because their, their screens are off and they're on mute. And actually watching that has really helped me because I know that, that we are reaching more of our students than we think we are. Mm-hmm. And I made a joke to my students about mm-hmm. that. And it was funny. They all, because I asked them, I said, do you guys do this to your teachers? Do you guys just keep yourselves on mute and have the screen off? And then you're talking to the, you know, talking, you know, like my kids are at home. And they all unmuted themselves and were like, oh, we totally do that. We do that all the time. So they are hearing and engaging with us, even if we think that they're not. Oh, I love that you shared that. That just like <laughs> gave me some gave me some hope. <laughs> um, what else? What were some of like if you guys think about how you felt at the beginning of all of this compared to how you feel now? Like, what are your other you know sentiments that you can share on that question? I can go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, like Brandy, I went in really naive thinking I didn't even think we were going to be gone more than a month mm-hmm. to be honest in March my, all my students were like a vacation you know because they didn't really know how serious it was and I'm like we're not going to be gone a whole month or like more than a month and then it's just like wow I you know was wrong about that and I just had to educate myself a little bit more mm-hmm. and then but we didn't have any distance learning the first March until we went back we had nothing because the students, a lot of them didn't even have Wi-Fi or Chromebooks or anything. So we kind of went into it so blind, but the expectations coming into the year were really hard once we learned that not sharing your screen was mandatory. And for me, I'm like, PE is movement. You know, how am I going to know that they're doing any movements? You know, mm-hmm. and so that's why I'd offer... Um, they can do the workout with me one-on-one during tutorial or class and then where, or they can turn in a time-lapse where they can be way far away. I just need to see somewhat movement. And I was kind of just like testing what's going to happen. And what saved me is my cousin is in my district and she's also PE teacher. So we were able to plan a lot together and similar. And then, but what it's this whole year, I've barely seen maybe one face a day. And then to where I think what's helped, I stretch with the camera on, I do the core workouts with the camera on, and I'm just, they're all giving me the thumbs up if they're there doing it with me. And I let them know it's not graded, this is just for your physical and mental health. Like keep pushing and look at, I'm leading by example. Mm -hmm. But then the other day I actually gave them uh, a 
just last week. So how many weeks are we in, right? We're 31. in the last six weeks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. You said that earlier. 31. <laughs> and where I gave them the option, you can do yoga with me in a breakout room where we're sharing our screen, or you can be in this other breakout room writing a paper. And it was about current events of nutrition or they got to choose. And I had 17 students actually do the yoga with me and sharing. And where I'm like, I was, that made my day. I couldn't believe that I saw 17 kids and then 10 the rest of the periods. So I was like, wow, I am, they are doing this with me more than I think they are. And, you know, not awkwardly staring at the camera, watching me stretch or whatever. (laughs) You know, so that's me where I'm like, okay, I know it's towards the end. It's a bummer. They feel finally comfortable sharing their screens, especially with exercises, but it's progress. It's better late than ne- yeah. It's better late than never. Yeah. That's great. Okay. I think, were you going to unmute yourself earlier? I was thinking like, I, I'd heard Brandy said like, you didn't think it was going to last this long, like initially. And we had the opposite experience at our school. Um, A lot of our students travel internationally during winter break and um, they came back sick, like weeks, kids gone for three weeks and then teachers got sick for three weeks. And like we had what we thought was just like a flu, but at that time in the media, like COVID was becoming more and more prevalent. And like a lot of us like, man, is this what we have? We're not really sure. And then March 13th, like the middle of the day, an announcement came on and said, hey, you know, today's actually going to be your last day in person. Um, tomorrow you won't return to school or, you know, you're not going to return to school in your next class and um, check your email inboxes for more information. And um, we got this email that said, like, we're going to probably be back in about two weeks, maybe, you know, after spring break. And all the teachers were like, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. You know, and then it just was moving so fast. Like everything just changed really quickly. I just started a new unit. And so I like moved to like creating video lectures for Romeo and Juliet really creepy, like, or really um, quickly. And what's been interesting is like, I had forgotten what it felt like to go into distance learning, but now we've come full circle and I'm teaching Romeo and Juliet again. And I've pulled up some of those old videos to give to the kids for asynchronous support. And I'm like looking at myself on the screen and I'm sick. Like I've been sick for weeks, like almost a month. And I'm like trying to stay positive. And I can tell that I have connections with my students that, you know, I'd known them in person and they kind of went into distance Mm -hmm. and like looking at that as a reflection now of where our kids are at this point, like we're all just like, is it almost over? You know, like, are we still doing this? And I think we had that feeling the whole time, like, this is going to be a long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kept saying, like, maybe we'll go to hybrid, maybe after this. And they just kept pushing the date back and the date back. And we were in the purple tier forever. And mm-hmm. so it just never felt like it was going to happen. Um, so I think, you know, my initial feelings were like, whoa, this is crazy. And everything was just going really quickly. And then summer hit. And our school changed everything. They changed our schedule to a block schedule for the first time. They changed our learning management system and said, we're not going to use Google Classroom anymore. So everyone that had their assignments and stuff ready to go, like Brandy had said, we're like, it was out the window. And we're using Canvas. And so then we were just busy and distracted and struggling. And so like as the new school year was approaching, we were so like just confused and overwhelmed with how do I make a homepage? What the heck is this thing called Zoom? Like, Mm -hmm. are kids going to be, like, do they have computers? Do they have hotspots? Those kind of things. And 
Um, and then like once school started, it was like super hard and like, we're struggling through it. And like, we finally got the hang of it. And then they started talking about hybrid and like this fear settled in like, no, no, we just got this figured out. Like, let's not do this. And then March came and they're like, yeah, we're going to move into hybrid. And there was a lot of disappointment and frustration um, just because we finally had gotten into a groove. The kids' cameras were on, you know, they were talking, mm. we were engaged, we're having class conversations, assignments are getting in. We figured out the odd asynchronous work and how we're going to work that out. And, um, you know, a lot of that pressure was just put on teachers, like no real guidelines, just figure it out. Like Brandy had said in the very beginning, like they expect you to do everything and they want you to make it perfect but then they don't really give you any tools to do that or guidelines and there's no accountability. Um, and I know that's coming from top down. Like it's not just our admin, like it's mm -hmm. from elsewhere. And then they just switched us into hybrid and all of that momentum just tanked. My, the cameras are back off. The assignments are all of a sudden not coming in again. And yeah. it's just been kind of a gut check, you know, or a kick in the gut, I guess I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. That's it. Yeah. It's been wild. Yeah, it has been a wild ride. Absolutely. Alana, yeah. you want to share your two cents about your feelings through the whole process? It might take a while. It might take a while. Um, yeah, so I'll start. Well, I, so I actually was not on campus the day that we were told that we weren't coming back. I took, I was out that day. And then I got a couple emails from um, my NETS advisors saying to check my email and that we weren't coming back. So I remember he first hearing about it in November, take it that seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and then when March happened, I think everyone was kind of, it was like the apocalypse kind of, and everyone yeah. was just in chaos and kind of freaking out and paranoid. Um, and then I kind of, I liked the end of the year and switching my lessons really to more, more virtual. And I feel like I really started like getting into PDL assignment or project-based and mm -hmm. like design thinking type lessons. Um, but then I had the struggle of the students that, don't show up to the Zooms or will show up periodically. And it's kind of hard to go back and explain like those distance or not distance, but um, project based lessons. Um, going back in October, I was a bit nervous personally, just because, you know, exposure um, and case numbers and everything. But I was excited to get back into the classroom. That was like the first time, that was the longest time I hadn't been in a classroom in my entire life was the, that time. Um, so October, I was a little, I had mixed feelings. Um, and it's changed my perspective really on just teaching in general coming that it's been a full year. Um, yeah, it's just changed like how I lesson plan how I interact with the students, uh, being more mindful of home. But, and then I always try to bring it back to history. Like this is probably going to happen again in another hundred years. So I don't know. I was paranoid in the beginning and freaking out um, and got to spend some time doing like project-based design thinking lessons that I've always wanted to do and didn't have time for. And then that kind of got put on pause. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will. I'll say 
you know, I, I, I now I'm just anxious for next year a bit. Yeah, I and yes. the repercussions. Yeah. That's definitely that's definitely there. I feel like that lingering question has kind of been floating around at least my district too. Like, so what's our plan for next year? Um, and you know, I feel like I share a lot of the same feelings that you guys mentioned. One of the things that I will say is that it was definitely a struggle going from the traditional classroom setting into that, like, I don't even know what you wanted to call the last school year because I, and this is something that I think a lot of people get confused on is that the end of last school year was distance learning, but that mode of distance learning is so different than what we adopted for this school year where we actually had some plan going into the school year. I know, again, making that adjustment from the traditional classroom setting to the distance learning was overwhelming and kind of scary. And it was, you know, it was a lot to really take in, but, I don't know if you guys have felt what I have felt, but man, that change from distance learning to hybrid has been really crazy for me too because I got so familiar with how to use these tech platforms with my students and I really tried to utilize those in the best way. Like, oh, I'll share my screen and do this. I can use this whiteboard. Here's how I can do distance learning collaboration with my students. And now going from distance learning into hybrid where we have our students in a classroom setting, but we can't move their desks together. They can't collaborate with each other. There's still, I know at least in my classroom, there's still a six foot distance between those students. So I think I have to take my creativity to this whole other level now, going back into the hybrid setting where I need to think about how I'm going to structure things so that my students can collaborate in the classroom but not sitting next to each other and how I can utilize things like mirroring my screen onto the projector and showing my lessons that way, how I, you know, do more pre-recorded videos now. So I think, honestly, my struggle has maybe even been more so the transition from going from distance to hybrid um, which is something that I definitely wasn't ready for, but it's just this whole other component. I think we, at this point, we've been, you know, we feel a little more comfortable with that distance learning because we've had, you know, quite a bit of practice with it that now, you know, hybrid is the new thing that we're learning and we're adjusting to. And that's, you know, my new thing that I like have on my checklist of things that I need to figure out. So I think, you know, that's been that's been what I've really been trying to work on myself. Um, I know that this school year has been one where I think, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but everybody has had their opinion about education this school year. Um, we've had opinions coming from the teachers, opinions coming from, you know, those higher ups at the district level. We've had opinions coming from students, from parents. Um, everybody seems to want to share their two cents. And I want us to think about, you know, how things have unraveled this school year and what we feel. I want you guys to think about anything that you heard this school year or just something that was brought up that you guys um might have heard somebody talking about when it comes to this school year. So the question I want to ask you guys is what is something that you feel was a common misconception about this school year? 
what do you feel was something that might have not been evaluated correctly about how the 2021 school year was going? And, you know, what is it that you can share on us? How can we correct that misconception? Well, my issue is that people kept saying we weren't working and that we were lazy. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because there's almost an irony in it, right? It's like families were saying, oh, the teachers are lazy. They can't do this. They need to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Yet they were being driven crazy by their own children. And then they looked at us and went, well, you guys aren't taking care of our kids and you're killing our children. That was the big one that really irritated me is when they were saying things like you're killing our kids. And it was like, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm doing my best to survive. And I think what people didn't realize is teachers are parents too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of us that have kids and some of us that don't, we still have families. Mm-hmm. So to completely disparage our names out there by saying we weren't working and we were lazy and we were just not doing right by their children. And I'm thinking, no, you realize you can't do it. So you want us to do it. And then at that point you realize we are way more important to the communities than people realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, parents couldn't survive if it weren't for their kids going to school. So I get it that, yeah, I wanted my kids back too, but to say that we weren't working and that we're lazy and we were damaging kill- children, mm-hmm. that's just on every level because there were teachers working really, really hard and are still working hard. And we're just trying to survive, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely I, felt like a blanketed statement <laughs> to make. Uh, Cassandra, go, go ahead. I was going to say, I was so frustrated because I saw a couple family members at different times and they would say, Oh, when you guys going to go back to work? And I'm like, We have been working this whole time. Mm-hmm. We have um, innovative. We've been um, trying to reach out on so many different levels to our students, and there's only so much we can do. And I definitely feel, I feel like this is what Brandy was saying, that a lot of people are wanting us to compare it to um, our students, and that's not our job. And, and just because they haven't been doing any of the work or on the Zooms or whatever, it doesn't mean we work for them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this year has definitely taught me more about empathy than I could have ever imagined in my life. And I know that that is something that I do want to become better about is being more empathetic. Um, So, you know, my heart does go out to the, I've seen this firsthand with my own family. I know it has been a very challenging year for families. I do not yet have kids of my own, so it is not something that I can completely understand. Um, like I said, I've witnessed it. I know it is. Ex- it has been an extremely difficult year on parents, too. Um, I just wish that that willingness to um, gain perspective over something that you don't really know about was returned when it comes to teachers because... Again, like Brandy and Cassandra both said, I do find it extremely offensive when I hear that learning's not happening this year. Teachers aren't teaching. We're just lazy and we're drinking. We're we're on vacation teaching from our vacation destination or whatever, you know? It's like it's things like that when it's like, "Oh my gosh, you do not even know how hard I've been working this year." And granted, my experience could very well be different from your experience and what you're going through, um, you know, might be different from what I'm explaining, but 
please do not generalize like that when it comes to teachers and what we've been going through this year because I could wholeheartedly tell you that I have not taken many breaks this year. I have not coasted by this year thinking it was easier. Like, I have busted my ass this year. So, you know, I guess just I tried try to talk to your teachers at your school and understand what they're going through before you make generalizations like that. I also was feeling this need to like prove that I was working really hard. And especially at the very beginning of the year, I was doing Zoom with kids at like six or seven o'clock at night because they were begging me for help. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I gotta prove to everybody that I'm working and I'm I'm worth the paycheck that I'm receiving. So mm-hmm. I was struggling with that. I was doing with people on the weekend. I felt like I had to answer everything, um, especially at the beginning of the year. I, I've, got, I've gotten better about it, but um, just because I was so worried about what everybody else was saying about us. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, the the amount of emails, like I, I know, like at my school, we already have a lot of emails that come in in general, but that compounded with just everything is online now. So, you know, I, if I wasn't like grading or planning or meeting with students, I had just a pile up of emails that I was responding to as well. So, you know, that kind of just further goes along with like, yeah, there is a lot of work for us during this time. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think one of the things as educators that we try to be mindful of is that you know the world does not revolve around the teachers and the, what the teachers are going through and i think naturally teachers are pretty selfless people that always think about the students and what's best for the students and one of the things that um i want us to touch on while we have this um while we're recording this podcast is really you know looking at the school year from the point of view of our students So if we were to, you know, think about what our students have been through this year, what do you guys think were the biggest challenges that they experienced? And what do you guys think were their areas of growth this year? I don't, this doesn't really answer the question, but it sort of does. One of the things that um, I think moving forward to into the next year to think about is that our students have loved being on campus with so few students. They love it. There's no bullying that's happening. There's no fighting. Um, they, um, a lot of our very quiet kids are being able to find their voice. Mm-hmm. They're way more comfortable. And moving forward, I would like to um, see our districts make more of a change because I feel like our students are feeling more protected and safe on campus this year than they've ever felt before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree. I can agree with that. Something positive for our students this year. That is a positive, Cassandra. We've had zero behavior problems, and we are generally a school that has a ton of behavior issues. In fact, it's been a very touch-and-go point with us in adversarial relationships with the district because our district is so focused on the social emotional supports that they tend to forget about 99% of the, of the kids and they focus on the one percenters, but they're not nurturing the ability and the emotional well-being of those 99 percenters mm-hmm. that come to school and want to be safe. And 
the online stuff has been definitely, it's a good future platform to reach the kids who really can't acclimate to school because that, that does happen. And now it gives an option for those severe behavior problems that we have another platform that they can learn from in terms of keeping the other kids safe. So that has definitely been a plus. The relation, the ability to teach in the classroom has been so much better this year mm. because we don't have those outbursts and the behavior issues. Yeah. But on the flip side, the challenge has been really for the SPED kids. Yeah. Well, our special education students are suffering more than anything. They're already with a learning disability. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, you're adding another thing to them that mm-hmm. they can't remember how to get on a Zoom. And I know that yeah. sounds a little bit like, really? But they can't. Mm-hmm. There are some kids who really have no ability to move, maneuver these platforms. Right. So that's, that's the biggest challenge I've seen is the SPED kids. They're really struggling. Yeah, I, I can definitely share that uh, same feeling as you, Brandy. I know for me, it's like our best, our, our bell schedule has changed how many times this year? You know, like I I look at my SPED population I have. I know they're, I mean, I my hats go off to them. Like they hold themselves accountable. They'll still email me like, hey, Miss Swanson, what time does school start today? You know, so um, I I know that they are working so hard, but I know that that has been a population within my student groups that has really had a difficult time. And it is a population that I feel like I am really trying to do my part to help support. But I also feel like it's been hard to implement those support systems for our students when A, we're lacking consistency and um, B, when we're lacking resources in the virtual world. Um, I think going back to hybrid, these kids are going to start to feel more supported. And my hope is that there will be progress in that going in that direction. And then thinking about my students' areas of growth, like I mentioned this before, but I see my students being so much more open to challenges after this school year. I see my students hopefully going into the school years that follow being like, you know what? I survived this one really crazy school year. This is going to be easy to me now. Like I, I get to, you know, I can do something that feels normal. I'm going to do that. That feels easy. That feels comfortable. I can do that. So it is my hope that really um, there's going to be a lot of personal growth with my students after they realize what they have endured and what they have persevered through this school year. I, I will say my sped kids have become, they're just the biggest advocates for themselves. Mm-hmm. They really found a voice. I, and in general, my sped students have been the hardest workers of making sure they get everything done. Um, one of the funniest things that happened to me this year was um, when we were back on campus, um, I walked outside for lunch and all of my my SPED group was waiting outside my door and they were like, we need to talk to you about something very serious. And I was like, oh God, waiting for the worst, what's gonna happen? And they were like, we've been doing a lot of thinking. And then they were like kind of pushing each other. You ask for it, you ask for it, you ask for it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, what are you guys gonna ask me? Somebody just asked me. And they wanted me to start a Discord channel so that they could meet with me at any time. They wanted me basically to be available to them 24 <laughs> seven. Any questions like on their off days, on the weekends, they're like, we're trying to 
you know, get our work done. We thought you could do this for us. I'm like, um, okay. And, and that is something that um, I guess has been a struggle for me or a frustration. Of course, I'm in the profession to help students, to educate them. But our students have, um, they do not see that teachers have any boundaries. I, and that's <laughs> like, they think that we are sort of their personal assistants and we should be available at any given time. Especially like, middle school. Now, yeah. I had to talk and say to those kids because I was proud of them for asking for help. But I said, you know, really it sounds like what you guys want is to start a study group. So this sounds like you guys should plan a study group together. I we don't need to be part of that. <laughs> and then every once in a while, if you need to ask me for help, that's going to the classroom. But um, I thought that was so funny when they asked me that. Oh, yeah. I love the whole, um, I just turned this in. Can you grade it right now? Oh, grade yeah. Like, yeah. My parents, 7 p.m. at night. Sister, if you weren't going to do it on time, I don't have time to grade it right now. Like, I get it, I get it. And that's the thing, like, Sandra's right. I mean, I'd be getting text messages and phone calls at 8, 9 o'clock at night from parents. Yeah. They're, they And then when you don't respond, you get the follow-up email on a Saturday. You know, you didn't respond. It's like, um, it's I'm, my day off. I'm yeah. sleeping. And yeah, that was the thing too. I mean, I had a parent, she needed me and I, I'm glad I was there, but I had a parent actually call me on Christmas day um, because her son had had something go wrong and I walked her through it. But my family sometimes has looked at me like, when is this going to stop? Right. Because I have neglected my, my own family. I'm not going to lie. And it's been hard. Wait, you mean that teachers don't know what work-life balance is? No, apparently not. <laughs> but hey, then again, we're on vacation, right? We're just lazy and we're not working. <laughs> Brandy, and Brandy, that's why you're I had to so marry involved. a teacher. Because we don't have that work-life balance. I had to marry a teacher because otherwise I would never be able to have a good partnership. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandy, you're so involved, not just with your classroom, but with the district and making it like better for your community and the teachers and so you put a lot on your plate and what's more like the teachers don't or sorry the parents don't realize yeah. how much you Thank fight you. for everyone you don't just fight for your students mm -hmm. it's every single person on campus thanks emily i appreciate that and it's it's definitely been something i've been passionate about and will continue to be but i do have to try to figure out how to balance my life and i'm just not that great at it right now I mean, I remember going to your um, your uh, classroom at lunch, and you were helping me understand all the voting. <laughs> remember? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what does this mean? And you went through every single um, thing to vote on, and like what I said. I'm like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. And I, don't know. <laughs> I love you, Emily. I miss you. I miss you too. So we talked about students areas of growth and challenges and we kind of started to talk about this with ourselves. but does anybody want to share what your biggest challenges have been this year and what your areas of growth have been as an educator my biggest challenge i would say is like trying to keep it real like like brandy was kind of saying like i think some parents and some community members and, and people believe that education is so transactional i gave you this assignment you complete it you give it back to me and you've learned you know and the, the hardest part for me was designing lessons and instruction and video that didn't feel transactional 
um, because of all the extra things that were going on, all the extra commitments and responsibilities and technical difficulties and whatnot, it made it really hard to give the amount of feedback that you're just so effort. Bye, Lana. Um, it was hard to give feedback that was effortless that you would just be able to do in the classroom quickly. Like, show me what you're working on here. Okay, you're on the right track, but I need you to head in this direction. Dire mm -hmm. This direction, and then they're like growing and moving and learning. And distance learning, it just isn't feasible. You know, you have the chat, you have people kind of coming on and off mute. You have students in your classroom. Um, so the hardest part for me is is being able to keep the learning authentic. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I've always been a paper to the pencil kind of gal. And so the, the one thing I have learned though, is like, there are resources available and like going paperless might be an option for me. And it has been nice to have like a live feed of their work. Um, and I do really like the affordance of the chat and like having kids be able to check in non-verbally. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the hard part is just being like, how do I design something where we're gonna learn in all these different formats and all these different mm -hmm. timelines, all these different physical spaces at home at these different emotional levels. Um, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that answers the question, but that's, no, that's you, got it. you got it. You got yeah. it. <laughs> I think my biggest challenge was to help the students see that, you know, all of these things that we're learning, the mental health, the physical health are benefiting you, mm -hmm. you know, like we're not going to write about it and not do it because writing about your physical health and not working on it, physically is not going to benefit you. And that's where they wanted to do more book work. And that's finding the motivation, you mm -hmm. know, because not a lot of people like to work out and to move into where it's, um, I'm not going to have you write about going and running a mile and how it's going to benefit you, mm -hmm. you know, and to where showing them that everything you're doing, it is going to make you feel better if you continue to work on it, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I would connect it to math, you practice this problem once are you going to get better mm -hmm. you know same as every workout or meditation we do and to where this is something that you can take on throughout your whole life mm -hmm. and manage and to where I mean I'm a personal trainer as well and I tell them I'm giving you this for free right now right you know versus I charge hourly outside to help adults mm -hmm. feel better yeah. you know so that was my biggest challenge is like this is going to benefit you especially through this crazy time right now and um that was that was really probably the hardest thing but then where the continuous check-in how do you feel after this you know and setting some goals helped me a little bit mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i think um yeah, the challenging part definitely um, for me has come with really trying to foster those relationships with all of my students to build all of those relationships. I, you know, I constantly have a notepad by me and I was taking notes like I need to check in with this kid, this kid and this kid. And, you know, here we are, like I've said, week 31. And some of my students, I still have yet to like really truly understand the workings of who they are as a person, not as just a student in my classroom. So I have had that struggle in some ways. And I do consider myself an educator who really likes to focus on those types of relationships. So for me to feel like that is lacking, um, 
you know, it, it becomes a bigger challenge for me. It becomes a bigger priority for me of something that I move up on that list of things that I really want to keep on focusing on that until I feel like I have really been able to hone in on that and confidently build those relationships. So, you know, that has been something that has been a struggle for me. But on the flip side, something that I feel I have gained a lot of confidence in over this school year is my relationships with my students' families. I feel like um, this year has, uh, well, I remember, I remember when I was teaching up in, when I was doing my student teaching up in Northern California, and I remember my master teacher forcing me to make my first phone call home, and I remember just how scary that was. I was like, oh my God, this parent's going to hate me. I'm giving them bad news. And I think about how I felt at that first moment versus where I'm at now with calling parents. And it's not even necessarily that I'm always calling them to give them bad news. You know, sometimes it's, hey, I want to call you because I'm giving this kid the student of the month award. Or, hey, I want to call you because I noticed that this, that our student was logging in and out of class. Can I help you with your Wi-Fi connection? So it's just moments like that where um, communication has been so crucial this school year to where I have so much more confidence within my community to be able to foster those relationships and just be totally transparent with my parents and guardians of my students. And I have gotten a lot of really positive feedback on their end from that and knowing that that's appreciated. And that's made me think a lot about how I want to continue to do that um, in the future years to come, whether it be distance learning, hybrid, or traditional. I really am starting to understand the importance of building that community with the parents and the guardians. A true marigold, Shelby. <laughs> I try. I try. Um, so here's a good question that I have for you guys. I'm actually really excited to hear your answers to this question because I know when I wrote this question, I was able to think of a lot of responses to this. Um, so I want you guys to think about a story that you can have, a story that you may have from this school year that you can share with listeners um, that you think they'll appreciate just hearing, like something really funny that may have happened. I know my story I'm going to share is something that um, is a story that would have not happened if it were in the traditional school setting. Um, so maybe it's just like something funny that happened this year. Maybe it was something scary that could give our listeners a little insight as to what you experienced this year. But I want us to just think about a story that you can share with listeners that you think they'll appreciate hearing. So I have one that I'm going to share, but if any of you guys want to go first, let me know. You go first. Okay. So... This year, I have had one student who has just been especially challenging for me. Um, he has found every way to not do the work. Um, <laughs> I upload an assignment on Google Classroom. He will unattach the attachment and then tell me the attachment isn't there. Um, he will screenshot the work that I am doing on my video conference and then try to turn in the screenshot of my work. I mean, I've got to give this kid, you know, a million points for creativity, you know, good job, whatever. Um, but my one story with this kid that I have told, 
you know, people close to me who I have, you know, who I see. Um, that just like really cracks me up that I think just kind of is like the epitome of this student and distance learning with this student. Um, this story comes about a week after I had to make a phone call home and talk to his mom and tell him, you know, so-and-so I've been logging in, like how often he's been in my class. Um, I was supposed to see him for 200 minutes last week. I saw him for seven. So um, I'm a little concerned what's going on because he's told me that Wi-Fi connection isn't great. Let me know if I need to get a hotspot for you guys. And mom responds like, nope. Internet's fine, no issues. I do see him on his iPad, you know, on YouTube sometimes. He does get very clever with things. And I was like, yep, yep, I, I kind of had a, a feeling. I, I know that he's gotten pretty creative with me as well. So we, her and I had this whole conversation and she, you know, more or less pointed me in the direction of, you know, he's he just needs to hold himself accountable to coming into class. So... I had him the next day and he came into class and I excused all the students and asked him, hey, just hang out for a second and talk to me. I have him in here and I'm like, hey, so listen, I've been noticing that your attendance hasn't been great. What's going on? He unmutes himself and he goes, I, uh, 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 <laughs> and I'm like, listen, man, I know your internet is fine. And uh, he signed off on me. So that, that was, that was our conversation. I was able to email him later that day and say, I want to meet with you during our asynchronous time. Let's talk about things. We were able to have our come to Jesus moment where we had the realization that we need to stop making excuses, but I just will forever crack up at this kid trying to have a conversation with me, convincing me that his mic was breaking up and I couldn't hear him correctly. Like I was just like this kid, every, everything he has tried to do to just avoid, avoid getting it done. So that, that's a story that effort into his work the way he does to trick you. I know. I was like, if only <laughs> I know. And it, and it was funny. I actually had him in one of my classes this past week and uh, he got this really big assignment done. And I have him sit right next to my desk so I can always see the work he's doing. He's like, hey, look, Miss Swanson, I got it done. I was like, this is amazing. You don't have to turn in a blank assignment to me today. And he was like, he looked at me and he's like, I see what you did there. You're right. I don't have to. So, so, you know, at least we can have, you know, friendly banter with each other and we're at a pretty good understanding with each other now, but yeah, exactly. If you could put as much effort into just getting the work done as you're finding not do the work, we'd be good. <laughs> Does anybody else, what else do you guys yeah. want to share? I have two funny stories. One is a funny story about a student. One is a horrible moment in my life. So um, I had a sneaky student kind of like yours and he wasn't coming on the zooms. He wasn't really answering things. And then one day he came on the zoom and he didn't know that his camera on was on and he was um, unmuted oh, and no. he shirt on and he was playing video games. And I was like, um, we're in the middle of the class and he's doing something. So it's, um, it was focusing on him and all the kids could see. And I was like, I hate to tell so-and-so, uh, but your camera's on. We can all see. And then the look of just pure mortification on his face was just like, oh, because he didn't have a phone. And he just like, and just really fast, camera off, mute, he left the meeting. Oh. So that was 
So, um, you know, like it was a little bit of karma though, because he had uh, been a little bit of a pain at the beginning of the year. <laughs> um, most, one of the most embarrassing, horrible teacher moments and mom moments I've ever had. Oh, um, no. Very beginning of distance learning. And, you know, in my house, I have four kids. There's six Zooms going on at any given time. And I'm trying to spread people out. And it, it wasn't easy. And I just was having like a mental breakdown that day. And my, I have triplets that are in seventh grade. And they were all fighting, running around, hitting, kicking in the background. Oh, gosh. I had my students, they were in breakout. I had been, you know, teaching the whole class. And then I put the kids in breakout room. And then I turned around and I thought I was on mute and I thought my camera was off and I let out just a whole bunch of F bombs. And I was oh like, Oh my God, no. I'm trying to F and teach our F in class. And I was just, it's not a bad moment of mine at all. And then I turned around and it's just a slow motion. And then I can see that student has left the breakout room to come back and my camera's on and I'm not on mute. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it's you know my mom does you know, you're just trying to do your best and I was just like can we just pretend like this never happened I'm so sorry that was so professional <laughs> I was horrified oh my god awful mom slash teacher moment that I've, I've had in it was it was not good I had a similar one because I was teaching and I was like super into a lesson and my boys, my two sons, 15 and 10, had a fist fight outside my office and they're screaming and yelling at each other. And I just like, I could, my students are like, what's going on? So I hit mute and then I got out of the screen and I opened up the door and I just ripped into my two sons. And then I came back and I'm like, okay, so where were we? And it was just like, one of those moments where I was like, thank God I was on mute because yeah. like I swung that door open and I was going to beat somebody's butt because I was pissed. And I was like, and then there's times my kids would just come in and they're crying and the, the frustration, my youngest son's throwing pencils across the room. And so I'm trying to teach and there's pencils whizzing past me, but my most uncomfortable teacher moment. And this one, I was so thankful that no one was in the zoom anymore. So I zoom live with the kids in class and I failed to like, think about the fact that the zoom was still on. Cause I had gone into Google to do something else while the kids were working independently. Oh gosh. And I was having a bad bra moment. So like I lifted up my sweatshirt to like fix my bra. And then I went, Oh, oh my God. And I like scream out, Oh shit. And I was like, and I look at this zoom and I was like, Oh God. Thank God I'm the only person in it, but I was like, oh my God, what if I had like flashed my middle school students with my horrible bra moment? And I was like horrified. <laughs> so now it's like whenever the kids are working independently, I just go, okay, guys, I'm going to let you go yeah. because then I know that I won't forget. Close the tab, work. close the window. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I was horrified. I was like, oh my God, I'm so getting fired. <laughs> so all I could think about was, I can see my face blasted all over the news, right? You know, teacher, teacher flashes. flashes students. Oh my God. I was like, of course. And it would be me. Right. And then all my friends would be like, really? Not shocked, but no. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. I'm sorry. To <laughs> that sounds about right. Yep. Haven't anybody be hurt. 
I have a story. I mean, it's nothing like that, but where, I mean, the best part, I, I love when the students accidentally unmute because then I'm, I don't tell them. I let them, because they're like, you know, dropping F-bombs oh, and no. like, you know, playing video games or they're out and about and stuff. And to where I'm just like, and we're all, you know, letting them do what they need to do and tell somebody, I'm like, you know, so-and-so you're, you're unmuted and they're so embarrassed, you know, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. And I said, it makes sense why you never respond after attendance, you know, cause it's usually the ones that don't, mm-hmm. but the best one is with how confident kids are, um, over so, like typing mm-hmm. keyboard warriors, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard the expression right. before. And we had the school president and the vice president secretary all come in in the beginning of the school year and go over everything. And my freshman was hitting on a senior, our president, the girl, and he's so confident and got a lot of swag typing. And let's say his name is John. We'll just use the most, you know, common name. And to where I was like, John, are you as confident in person or just over the keyboard? And then he's like, no, I got game. And then I'm like, well, turn on your camera. Let her see who she, you're, she's talking to, you know? And then where he's like, no. And I go, oh, you're, you're all talk. And then um, I got the whole like group. We're like, show your face, show your face. <laughs> and the kid was like, why you got to play me like that? And there, it was just so entertaining. Like they're so confident over the keyboard that when it's, you know, face to face or even showing their camera, it's like, mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. So that was pretty entertaining. Trying to make those love connections. I like it. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we've got a couple more things I want us to touch on before we wrap up here. Um, The first question I want to ask you guys, what do you believe will be the everlasting effects that this school year will, will have on you and your students? I'm just going to say it's going to change teachers forever. Like it has to, like if you taught this year, Mm -hmm. you never can be the same. Like I think Brandy had said in the beginning, like you lost yourself and girl, I feel that so deeply in my soul. I mean, that's why my name is nature pal. Like I like made a calendar, like we all have to get outside and hang out. Um, (laughs) But you know, I had kind of an interesting experience in the sense that we were in shelter in place for a really long time here. Mm -hmm. And because I'm from a dual teacher home, Mm -hmm. I had to apply to be able to go to campus to work. Mm -hmm. And so from like the beginning of the school year to March, I was alone on campus. It was like a dystopian movie, you know, and I'm like riding my scooter down the hallway and my dog's (laughs) hanging out with me and we're walking around, you know? And so like, it was like this weird isolated feeling. And then like slowly a couple other teachers came on campus and we had this little tight knit community. And then like slowly our community progressed and more and more teachers came. But the more teachers I talked to, the less I recognized them as who they were before. Um, and you know, it's been really hard to like find the strength and energy to hold on to yourself. And, you know, and it's, it's a roller coaster every day. Like this day I'm feeling great. We got this, let's go team. You know? And then the next day it's like, you know, like the day after the Capitol attacks, like all of us are just looking at each other on the screen and like the kids are comforting me, you know, I'm like, I have no words. I don't know what to say, you know, or we had a lot of community trauma happen. And like the teachers carried a lot of that Mm -hmm. and, and we were not trained for this. I know the world wasn't trained for this. So I'm not saying like, that's an isolated thing, but like 
there has been so much for us that we're just not going to be the same. And some of my best friends have left teaching. Like yeah. they've put in their notice. They're not returning next year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually it would be like, oh man, we're going to miss you so much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the responses have been like, good for you. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. You're brave. Congratulations. And then like pure anger from other teachers. Like, I wish I could do that. I just, can't, I don't have the availability or the affordance or like, I don't know what I would do next. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of teachers are trapped because of the retirement mm-hmm. situation and whatnot. But I just, I, we all are getting to know each other mm-hmm. again, and we're not the same person. And the students have had the same experience. And, you know, we've had some, some discussions about how like they've cut people out of their lives and we realize who our true friends are and where mm-hmm. our priorities lay. And like, mm-hmm. I just, we're just all not the same. And it's been, you know, good and bad in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to have an English teacher in high school. He was so dang cheesy. And he'd be like, we had, like, you know how I used to say like, it's all good. Mm-hmm. He hated it. He's like, it's all good and bad. Like that's every day for us these yeah. days. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of teachers, it was more bad than good. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. for other teachers that were like toxically positive, sorry for using that phrase, but like, you know, the ones on mm-hmm. campus, you're mm-hmm. like, screw you, man. Like, I'm glad that you're having a great time. This is going fine for you. But like, I've been talking to a black screen and I'm going nuts. You know, like mm-hmm. literally the, my mental state is so tenuous. I've never been at the edge of like, am I going to be able to come back from this? And because I live in a really populated area, like there's no therapist available. Like you can't get an appointment for a lot of, a lot of teachers are complaining. Mm -hmm. And so we've all just been on the edge, just surviving. And it's been terrifying Mm -hmm. and exciting and confusing and frustrating and invigorating. And like, I am torn up, you know, (laughs) and like worn out. Um, but also like a little bit refreshed. Like mm-hmm. the more I do connect with teachers now that they're back on campus, I'm like, yeah. okay, this is an isolated year. You know, things are never going to go back to the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that some things will be great and some things will be terrible. Um, but I do feel like we've all kind of been in it together, at least in like little strands. Right. And that's been really helpful. But for a long time, sitting alone in a classroom in this concrete building, I live on a, I work at a huge campus like, I just didn't know if I was going to make it, you know, like I might've been one of the ones that was going to quit. Yeah. Um, so as frustrating as it was that our school switched it up at us on the end, like, oh, we're going to try hybrid. And I think it's practice for next year. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. less about that than anything. Um, at first I was furious. Like, I'm going to quit now. Like, how many sick days do I have? You know, I, I can't do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been refreshing to have teachers back on campus and know that there has been a shared experience. Right. Where I think in a lot of the year, I was so isolated and my wife's situation was completely different with her school. Like they did it right on every account and I can't speak for her, but like she didn't have a lot of the same struggles, Mm -hmm. but just being able to to like connect with people that had a shared experience. I'm like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not insane, you know, and Mm -hmm. and that's been helpful. So. And I actually think it's going to, it's weird. I I think it's going to get better. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I do look at it. I, I'm the most fortunate person that I work with amazing people. And those people, like one of them right down there, Cassandra, you know, and <laughs> Emily and Shelby, but you know, they've saved my life. It essentially, they've made me feel as normal as I could possibly feel, mm-hmm. but I really, it's already getting better. I think next year is going to be a challenge in terms of really pulling the kids back to being students. That's going to be a challenge. Yeah. Behavior is going to be a challenge. Right. And I do have a fear of what that's going to be, but I know that the only way I'm going to get through it 
are the people that I work with. We've all worked together going some years, 10 to 20 years we've worked together. So my school site happens to be incredibly special in that way. And I don't know that I could survive anywhere else and I don't want to work anywhere else. And I think that I'm hoping it gets better, but I really hope the perception of what we do is goes back to the way it was. And I'm hoping that maybe one day we'll look back and go, Oh my God, I don't even remember how that felt to Mm be COVID anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was like to try to fight to get a vaccine, you know, and I just want the listeners out there to understand that teachers are part of a group of people that have been incredibly strong. And I've never realized how strong I was until this. And we, we still have to maintain that strength for not only our families, but our coworkers and our friends, because we are each other's lifeline. Mm-hmm. And I need the listeners to understand that we are people too. And that some of the things that are said are really, really hurtful and can really destroy as much as you don't want a teacher saying something horrible to your kid. Don't say something horrible about us publicly. It has the same effect. Yeah. Yeah. And so you want us to be nurturing and loving to your children and we are and we will be, but you gotta kindly give it back a little bit. Like give us a break because we're doing what we can and and you're gonna lose a lot of good teachers. Yeah. You don't start quite frankly shutting your mouth a little bit because good teachers are quitting. Good teachers are walking away because people look at them and call them the names that we've been called and the laziness and you know, I had a friend of mine say on Facebook that, you know, the California Teachers Union would skin a puppy if they could benefit from it. And it's things like that that just make me want to vomit. And it didn't matter how many times I said to her that what she was saying was hurtful. Her response was always like, well, you're one of the good ones. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good ones out But, there. yeah, you're making a generalized statement. Exactly. And so that kind of – and some of the things that I've heard in – my own school board meetings. I've been attacked personally in school board meetings. So, and I will continue to take the heat for that and that's fine, but people have to start giving back a little bit, like leave us alone and let us do what we need to do and just be positive and try to help us along this journey. Cause we're all in it together. Well, and think- understand that we're not going to be experts the first time around. So just have confidence and faith in us. Yep. I think people just really don't realize how much pressure we are under to obviously teach the standards, um, teach the curriculum. And then on top of that, our students are putting all of their emotional weight on us because I have, I think that's a strength of mine that I have good relationships with my students. So they tell me so much stuff. They want my advice, me to listen to them. And it's very draining. And I know my family struggles with that. Like they're like, you, you can't, you know, just tell the kids, uh, you know, not to talk to you about those kind of things or, you know, whatever, like just be the teacher and not that person. And that's impossible for me. And I just wish people were more aware of that, just how much our students also rely on us for additional help that we're not trained for. So that actually brings me perfectly into really the last thing I want us to talk about before we end this session here, which is Um, If there's one thing that you could share with people who are listening, a piece of advice or just something to offer perspective, what would it be? I can start and just say, like, there has been so much community trauma going on behind these screens that students have had to carry on their own and 
teachers have had to carry on their own and we we've kind of like not had the same support and we've all been like kind of run to our limit Mm -hmm. that I just hope that we all can be extremely patient with one another when Mm -hmm. things get back to quote unquote normal. Um, I just don't know that I know, I do know that we're not all going to be in the same space. You know, some kids have really thrived and some have not. Mm -hmm. And so my main goal is to just try to be really patient with my kids and my coworkers and my administration. And the fact that I hope that everyone can just kind of understand that it's going to take a minute, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, almost definitely going to take some time. Yeah, it's going to take some time for sure. Yeah, kind of to piggyback off of that, like, I think, um, you know, not even just within the role of an educator, but I think this year has taught, or, you know, the pandemic has taught us a lot about empathy and um, really just try, like, try to understand what other people are going through. And if you can't understand what other people are going through, understand that they have their story that they are living too. Um, I, I really wish that there were more people, you know, people within a community who might be bashing on educators. I would love to have conversations with those people. And I wish that more of those people would reach out to an educator to gain perspective and, you know, understand and understand things from the point of view of an educator. I mean, that's the whole reason why I wanted to do this episode in the first place is because I don't feel like there have been many opportunities for educators to share their experience through this pandemic. And I hope that more people could be open and willing to hear the voice of the educators and to understand that like not all executive decisions that are made are made by the teachers. Most of the time there's, they're not. So there's just so much that goes on behind the scenes that I think if we can have some empathy and if we can be open to perspective that we could all coexist and get along with each other and there doesn't have to be this dynamic where the teachers feel like it's teacher versus somebody, you know? We all want to be able to coexist. I know for myself personally, I put myself in the shoes of my students and my parents my parents and families all the time and I understand that my experience isn't always the shared experience so I think it would be helpful towards us if we could all be aware of that and all be aware of the experiences of the educators as well for me it's communication you know it's with the I mean it's really hard for students to want to communicate with their teacher. They think they're automatically not going to, to the teacher's not going to believe them or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And where, you know, and parents too. I mean, I've wrote, written a parent and, and she, I was like, how can I support your son even further than I had? And I instantly got attacked. Like I wasn't doing my job when I don't think she really was doing her part as checking in and what we were, what the expectations were and everything. And so instantly just mine is communication between all parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's given like a really reflective space, I think for a lot of us. So like you said, like I want to get back to myself, but it also like slowed the world down enough that I do feel like I can choose to be different. If I'd like to, I can choose to prioritize differently mm-hmm. in the way that I structure mm-hmm. because we are going to be completely rebuilding within the classroom. 
Um, and just within our own personal lives, like you had said earlier, like teachers don't have a great work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, I have to demand it, Yeah, you know, and, and I feel like we have the some support to demand it at this point. Like, you know, even though we do have those teachers that are, or, I'm sorry, those parents that are pushing back and we, mm -hmm. there's a lot of media that's like speaking for teachers and it's not actually teachers' voices. I do think a lot of parents and students and, and community members have realized like, oh, dang, we can't do this without teachers. Yeah. And so um, I am excited to rebuild in a way that's going to be better for me because it wasn't mm -hmm. great before. I mean, it wasn't awful, but right. it's yeah. got to be better. Yeah, Kate, I'll say uh, now that we're back to hi our hybrid model, we get kicked out of our classrooms at 3.30 every day. So um, it gives us like a little over an hour after the school day. Our school day ends at 2.15. So it gives us like an hour, 15 minutes to uh, get some things done. And I normally, pre-COVID, I was the teacher who was in my classroom until 5 o'clock every day. So it, it has pushed me to have more of a work-life balance where I'm like, I'll get done what I can get done until 3.30 and everything else, I'll get it done another time. So it definitely, like you said, it's, you know, I have, this has forced me into really thinking about my work-life balance and how I can take care of myself too. So granted, it wasn't by choice, it was kind of forced upon me, but I'm happy that I can see that as a good thing. I would say the same thing for me. Yeah. Work-life balance, all of that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, when you're forced to, when you've got a bunch of kids in here Zooming at the same time or people disrupting you, like my family forced me to mm -hmm. really focus on that work-life balance. Absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap on up here. Are there any final things you guys would like to share with our listeners before we sign off? Nothing. It's almost summer. <laughs> I know. We're so close. I can taste Ooh. it. It's, the sun's coming in. It's almost here. <laughs> like me, I'm teaching summer school. I don't know why I did it, but I am. Why did you I, do that? After yeah, this school year? Oh, hell no. There is what? no way. This one. I got two thumbs up and going on vacation because this, I am donezo. I might just turn off my phone and like lose it for two months. Yes. I love you, Cassandra. You are a strong woman because that is not going to be me. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us and um, for all of your insight you had to offer. You guys were awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this month's installment of That's What She Said. Please give us a follow on Instagram at that's what she said underscore pod. Please also follow us on your listening platform for updates on our show. I'm also always happy to take episode suggestions, so shoot me an email at that's what she said dot listen at gmail.com. Don't forget to drop in the first Thursday of every month on That's What She Said. <laughs>